everyone. You're listening to the Cancer Fight Podcast, recorded in Louisville, Kentucky, and produced by the Colon Cancer Prevention Project. Cancer Fight aims to highlight the stories of advocates, fighters, and survivors of all forms of cancer, as well as educate the public on cancer prevention and awareness. With the help of our guests, we explore the common qualities of what makes a successful cancer fight while equipping listeners with the information they need to learn, fight, and prevent cancer. We're glad you're here. Welcome to Cancer Fight. Today, we're speaking with Jason Baer, principal of the Limestone Group Government Consulting Agency in Frankfort, Kentucky, a longtime friend of the Colon Cancer Prevention Project who has led our governmental lobbying efforts since 2007. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Dr. Jones, it's good to be with you and thanks for having me. Well, it seems like we're with each other every day now as the session uh, in Kentucky is on. But for our guests who may not be as familiar with you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, you're a Kentucky native and walk us through how you, you walk, got into the lobbying space eventually? Sure, absolutely. I, I, uh, I, I went to Georgetown College and got a political science degree and I thought that I probably wanted to teach social studies at the, at the high school level and in government and go into a school administration like my, my father. But then uh, after uh, doing an internship in, with my home congressman in, in, in D.C., I realized I didn't want to uh, teach about government. I wanted to be much more involved with how government worked. And, and it gave me a, an up-close uh, look at how government worked. And I realized I wanted to, to be a part of that. And uh, I guess in 2002, I got the chance to start lobbying for my first client and have been lobbying and representing folk uh, mainly in front of the state general assembly and state government uh, and some local county and federal work uh, ever since. So uh, uh, did not expect to really go into lobbying uh, in, when I was in high school or college. And, uh, but what a joy it is uh, to, to, to do lobbying uh, and help folk navigate uh, 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 state and federal government issues. Right. And, and, and it, it is very complicated, and we'll get into this a little more, but it's not just about passing laws. There's many other layers of government uh, that a person who has an expertise in government relations uh, can help you with. Well, well tell us, we, we've known each other for a while. Why don't you walk us through how you came to uh, affiliate yourself with and work with the Colon Cancer Prevention Project? I think our listeners would love to hear it from your standpoint and maybe some of those early meetings when we were proposing things that people weren't too happy about. Wow. Yeah. That, that we go back a long time. You're right. And it's been a, a real passion of mine to be able to represent and work with, with you and, and the project since 2007. You know, I, I, if I think back to that, that first meeting we had, I think we met at the, at, at the North end cafe uh, back in December of 2007, before that 2008 first General Assembly session, and uh, we're, so we had an interview, and you interviewed me, and I was very lucky and kind enough uh, to uh, be able to uh, uh, be contracted to work with with the project for that first session in 2008. We met, I remember, with uh, Angela Champion. She was executive director uh, back then and, and still a supporter of the project and yourself uh, at the North End Cafe and 
we were talking about and working on uh, creating a, a new statewide colorectal cancer program through legislation. It, we, we would be one of the first states uh, and only states in the country to do such. And uh, it was exciting. And those were the beginning stages of, uh, of our work together. And uh, to make a, a long story short, we were successful in that first 2008 session to pass uh, the Kentucky Colon Cancer Screening Program into statue. And, and what, a, uh, what an amazing uh, story that's been. And, um, and so many people have gotten screened. And because of the General Assembly and the uh, administration of, pre of many different uh, governors, uh, that's been such a successful program and it's been emulated and, and, and uh, across um, many states and others have tried to replicate what we have done here. And uh, we, you know, we, what we say is if it can be done in Kentucky, it can be done anywhere. And we, and we, and we, and we believe that. Uh, I don't like to hear, oh, it's just Kentucky. And what we've been able to do really can uh, be replicated in other states. So did you have any cancer history in your family that had sort of led you into this space? And we'll talk a little bit more about your interactions with the healthcare system as you went on to get your preventative services performed. So uh, what, tell me about the cancer history within your own family. Well, you know, cancer uh, has really touched my family and colorectal cancer specifically. My, my, my paternal grandfather, Ben Baird, uh, died of colorectal cancer. So it's something that uh, I'm very passionate about. Our family uh, is, is passionate about. My son is named after his grandfather uh, who he never got to meet. And so this is uh, something that, uh, that, that I was in, very interested in uh, and, and all my family are, are very big on colorectal cancer prevention uh, for family members already. So it was such um, such an amazing thing when I was able to, to, to get to work for something that, that our family is so passionate about that, that, that unfortunately uh, took the life of my, my grandfather way too early. Um, so that, that's, you know, part of, part of my colorectal cancer personal story is definitely uh, I do this in memory of my grandfather. Right. And, and, and I will tell people listening, it's very important if you have a personal link whether you're in government relations or if you have an organization that's trying to move the ball forward. It's amazing how many people in government, both uh, lobbyists uh, as well as uh, elected officials, their secretaries, their staff, members of the executive branch. Lots of people have stories of uh, cancer in their family. And if you have them in your own family, it's, it's one way to connect with people as you try to move your agenda forward. Um, so, so that's great. So, so, so did, you, did you, any of that exposure prepare you at all for the work for lobbying for a nonprofit organization? Uh, and do you want to talk a little bit about what it's like to work with a nonprofit organization uh, versus one of your normal clients? Sure. I mean, I, you know, with, with a nonprofit client, uh, you really have to harness and work hard to make sure you really engage your volunteers and uh, the folk that are on the boards uh, that you have and, and, and folk that are part of that reach that the nonprofit uh, reaches out to and has connections with, that, 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 that is, a, is part of the strength of a nonprofit and, and, and should always definitely be, be used. Many of my other uh, clients are definitely, if it's a corporate client, it is really you know, different in that way. They don't have that grassroots strength, right? Or uh, communication 
that needs to go on with a, with a lot of different folk and, and a strategy that needs to be passed many times by by a board. Um, but but with with a nonprofit that that's a real strength and and uh, I think advocates many times don't understand uh, how powerful their voice can be. And uh, we we need that uh, when we're working with uh, with a nonprofit and for what they're working on. We need them to come and t- share that story, uh, send that email, make that call, post that message on on social media. All those things are so important, and especially right now, right while we're in this COVID timeframe where it is very difficult for uh, grassroots folk to be able to meet with their legislator. Not uh, not because of the legislature, but just because of the the current uh, guidelines and, and what have you. Well, that's a good time to transition. Tell me a little bit about the bandwidth issues that happened and are happening right now in state legislatures all across the country who've been dealing with uh, the COVID uh, pandemic as well as the governmental response to the COVID pandemic. How do lobbyists and, and folks who have an interest in moving their agenda forward uh, better deal with uh, folks in this new constrained environment? Hopefully limited time, it'll be constrained, but this year it is clearly that way. Well, it, it, it has been constrained and, and really has affected uh, legislatures across the country. Here in Kentucky, you know, we, we, we're doing a lot of virtual meetings with, with clients and Legislators have been very open uh, to, to doing that and want to do that in, in traditional conference calls even. I mean, whatever they can do to help continue to make themselves available uh, to their constituents and, and, and others, uh, we're, we're, we're seeing that and, and that, is greatly, uh, that is greatly appreciated right now. Uh, but, you know, there, there, there almost isn't anything as, as good as a face-to-face traditional uh, meeting. And and in Kentucky, uh, luckily, uh, we, we can still do that. We just have to have that scheduled and, and uh, can't have more than uh, three people in the meeting at one time because of the small size of many of the offices that we go in and out of and have to follow the guidelines. Um, uh, but it, it, in, in many times uh, right now, the virtual meetings uh, are, are happening uh, more easily and, and uh, allows more folk to be able to participate, honestly, at one time instead of trying to just have, you know, a, a small amount of folk uh, come to Frankfurt, which sometimes that travel is an, is an impediment from doing, doing that meeting. Um, and I'm hearing that from my friends in other states as well, uh, Dr. Jones, that they were seeing a lot of, a lot more virtual meetings, conference calls, webinars with legislators. Um, but uh, hopefully we'll be getting back to a more normal uh, course of action and, and business, uh, definitely by next session. Right. Well, I want to touch a little bit about, uh, you know, you said write letters, et cetera. You know, we're so used to Washington being broken and feeling like no one has a real voice up there. But state legislators are really quite a different thing as our local legislators. Uh, tell me the importance of a phone call or a letter or a personal visit. I think some people come up to the Capitol and they get intimidated, all the granite. They look around. They don't think that, you know, what's one phone call going to make uh, and, and I have my own opinion that, that they might only get five or 10 phone calls about a specific issue on any one session. And so one phone call might be 10 or 20% of the input and feedback they get from their constituents. Uh, you want to walk people through what you think that order is of, of uh, importance, what a legislature sort of sits up in his chair and notices there's something going on with an issue? 
You know, Dr. Jones, you're exactly right. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of folk that are uh, disappointed. Uh, it, it may not be a strong enough word about how government is is currently working and functioning at a state statewide level at a national level. And what does that that cause? It, it causes a lot of, of folk to unfortunately just not take action it, it, to to be inactive. And you're right. I mean, if a legislator gets a, a handful of calls. Uh, in the House or, or Senate and, and gets emails or some phone calls uh, it, on any particular issue, because sometimes they may not receive hardly any uh, or, or no calls on, on certain bills and certain issues. They definitely take interest and look at uh, what, what they've received, and, and uh, they definitely are wanting to hear from their constituents. So please don't ever think that, that that's not the case. Please consider reaching out to your House member, uh, you know, whether you, you call their office or send them an email, all their contact information is, is publicly uh, put on the Kentucky General Assembly's website. And they, they want to hear, hear from you. So many times, you know, uh, uh, some personal calls. And if you know your house member, if you've got a personal relationship and you share your opinion on an issue, it's very important. Uh, you're essentially an advisor, right, to that house or Senate member uh, in, in many ways, they respect your opinion as a, as a friend and, and as a constituent. So I, I can't um, say enough about how important it is on an issue that folks speak out uh, and, and make sure that their member, uh, House or Senate member, know about the issue that they're getting ready to, to take up or that you would want to see them support. So, so as a lobbyist, uh, they're the elected officials, obviously, who vote uh, on, on issues and items and budgets and everything. But can you walk us through the, who the other key people are at a state governmental level who you've got to reach as you put in uh, policy or you develop uh, ideas or, or programs? Because it's not just the legislators, right? There's a lot of unelected officials or folks who are not elected but work for the executive branch, per se. Tell us about strategies that are a little outside of just the law piece that go into maybe appropriations and executive branch functions. You're exactly right. I, I, you know, as you're working on a piece of legislation, I think you really have to think about what part of state government potentially is going to be impacted or what part of, of, of government is going to be impacted. And, and I think back at, at Senate Bill 30 from the 2019 session that Dr. Senator Chairman Ralph Alvarado championed and passed uh, first ever cancer risk genetic testing coverage uh, in the country uh, based on NCCN guidelines. We worked on that language and legislation for almost a year trying to get it right with national groups, with state groups, but, 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 uh, but primarily though a whole lot with the Kentucky Department of Insurance because we knew that they were going to be implementing this new law. We needed their buy-in we needed needed their advice on how this this legislation needed to help 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 us craft it, help us uh, write it the way that it needs to be, so that you all can enforce it and implement it the way we we want it to be implemented, the way the way Senator Alvarado wanted it to be implemented, and that was so important, right? I mean, many times, unfortunately, legislation gets passed, and I see this time and time again, and the executive branch was not involved with any of the language or not uh, even asked or, or, or chatted with about what was coming. And then there becomes a real disconnect 
many times, unfortunately, uh, between the, the implementer or who is supposed to implement this, this new law uh, and the language that was passed and, and the folk and the excitement behind who passed the, the legislation. So it is, I, I, it is very helpful. It is very helpful to sit down and try to work with the agency or the cabinet or the area of state government that may be uh, in being implemented, you know, that would have the implementation phase of the, of the, of the language uh, of the legislation many times. And sometimes, right. It, it's, it can be a little uh, uh, ad- adverse that uh, there, there may not be on the same side, unfortunately, as the legislation you're trying to, trying to pass. Um, but I would still urge you to try to have some conversations anyway, in hopes of, of coming together. And sometimes it just, it won't be possible, but we've been real fortunate to have good partners in whether it's been the department of insurance uh, or uh, over the cabinet for health and family services or the department of public health to make sure that they're working with us on the same wavelength. So when we pass something that we know we're not just passing it, we're passing it to make sure that it gets fully implemented. So we really are saving lives and saving money. Yeah, that is so critical that the people who perhaps you want to avoid talking to because you know there's going to be conflict and friction, those are the people you have to go and talk to first and figure out what their ideas are around this. Many times you think they're going to be against you and they're not against you. They just are against another nutty idea going into uh, law that doesn't make any sense. So I think that's critical. And, uh, you know, a lot of people avoid conflict these days. And I think this is one of those issues. It's really not about conflict. It's about clarification and getting things clear and making sure that everybody knows what's on the table. Because even if people are against you, it doesn't mean that your bill is not appropriate to be passed. And, uh, you know, certain folks who do not like uh, any type of mandates, you know, they're going to be against you regardless. So, uh, I, I think it's really critical. It's one of those things where, you know, people try to avoid those difficult conversations. But if you're getting work done, uh, you have to have those. And the earlier, the better in the process. So you can amend and correct and shape your language because it may be as simple as one phrase or one line. And, 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 and it's much better to have that in advance than to have that discussion in front of the uh, committee when you're at a hearing. I, I think you just shared some of our this is some of our secret sauce there, Dr. Jones. You're exactly right because what happens, uh, and, and, and Dr. Jones knows this because he's been over with me so many times to the to, to lobby. Uh, but the legislator will ask, "Have you spoken to this this company, uh, this insurance company, this organization? Uh, ha- you know, what do they say? They want to hear both sides of the argument. They want to know that you've done." that homework and, and what, so what, what is the answer? They don't want to have to go search it out. Right. Or, or ask, or, or be there and like, well, why haven't you had those, those conversations? And, and, and you're right. And we, we go and have those tough discussions early. We go and meet with everyone that could be impacted by what we're working on. And I really do think that that's helped uh, legislation that we've worked on. Dr. Jones actually uh, be better or is better than it would have been otherwise. I mean, taking a longer time, a deliberate time and getting everyone's feedback has helped, I think, legislation that we've passed actually be more effective and work better uh, in hearing what, what concerns are is, is just nothing but helpful to us in helping clarify what our intents are, uh, making sure 
oh, this caveat or this language would not allow what their fear is to happen. Um, so no, you're exactly right in that those tough conversations with folk are, are so important to have. Go 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 uh, do that that conversation, have that communication, and, and see uh, if you can work something out. And it, it, it works so much better that way than trying to catch someone off guard or have a surprise piece of legislation that folk haven't seen and you almost get an immediate knee-jerk reaction of opposition because they don't know what's behind it, uh, that it was coming, no discussion. Uh, so, Well, that's funny. We, we, we sit around the table with a lot of folks from different organizations and our various pieces, and one of the lessons you and I have given them from a, a governmental standpoint is government is not a, a team where everyone sits around the table and you know, everybody wins. There, there are winners and losers in government, both budgetarily and in terms of votes. As you look back over the, the 12, 13 years we've worked together, what do you think the most important characteristics are for, for a successful uh, government relations lobbyist in terms of moving the agenda forward? Other than a great cause, I got that piece, but say you have a really rough cause, what are those characteristics uh, that, that you turn to as you face these uphill battles? You know, I think one of the one of the things that uh, I think that we we really pride ourselves in doing, and, and I would recommend to others, uh, is working in a coalition, right? I mean, we we really do a good job, uh, in my humble opinion, of coalition building uh, and working on on an issue collectively and with a whole lot of, of different groups and entities, and uh, whether it's Kentucky Medical Association or the Kentucky Hospital Association or American Cancer Society or, you know, whoever, you know, we, we try to come at issues in a broad coalition way uh, because we're just one organization, uh, but, but with uh, all the different uh, UK Marquee Cancer Center, Brown, Brown Cancer Center, UofL, all these different groups showing support and that they've vetted and, and looked at what we're trying to work on and stand and vouch for it and stand behind it is really important uh, for the legislators to see and that we've got broad support uh, from all the health care different groups across the board. But I, I, th I think that's that's really important, uh, especially for a small nonprofit like the, the project that we've been able to be so successful is, is, is working our relationships. We're, we're, we're really good, I think, at building strong relationships uh, across the different cancer groups and across the different healthcare groups. Well, we like to think we punch above our weight a little bit, uh, given what we've been able to get done in the state of Kentucky. Uh, what would be the, what would, if you could change one thing in the, in the lobbying space uh, generally, what, what would you want to see changed uh, as for the, for the way the process is made? Well, I'm trying to think of what what I would like to see changed in the. I think uh, we always run out of time every session in Kentucky. You know, what, what, in, in some states like Ohio, they have a year-round session, Dr. Jones, and, and you know, here in Kentucky, uh, we we only have a odd off-year sessions only 30 days, and in on a on a long session, and even it's it's still only 60 days, so. If I did have a magic wand when we're working on passing legislation, it would be to be able to have more constitutional uh, days of session. 
uh, here in, in the state. And believe me, that gets discussed every session. And there's uh, actually a constitutional amendment proposed this session by the speaker to at least give the General Assembly some more flexibility about how they use those those days. Uh, and, I, and I think that is a great idea as well. But it's a sprint here in Kentucky. And many times uh, folk don't have enough time to look at, look at bills. They get introduced so quickly and, and the folk who are behind them uh, want to pass them, uh, rightly so. And, and as, as you know, Dr. Jones, if you miss one committee meeting off of one week, it may mean not being able to get your bill across the finish line. And, and so uh, timing is, is a big deal in uh, passing legislation in, in Kentucky for our General Assembly. Uh, we're always running against the time. If you're trying to kill a bill, you know, time's on your side uh, here many times. But for, for an organization like ours that are always many times trying to work on good legislation moving forward, I always wish I had more time. So that would be one, one item or a, or a difference in, in some states. We're one of the few states that, that has such a tight time frame like that. How do you deal with it when people are saying no to you up there in either the elected representatives or in the cabinets? What's a lobbyist approach to adversity when you're handling a tough, trying to carry some tough water uh, or running into some headway? What, what's, what's your philosophy on that? You know, I, I think staying in communication uh, and, and keep providing facts and more information uh, is, is as helpful as about anything. Uh, you know, you're, you're never always going to ever change someone's mind. Uh, but many times I think you can soften positions. And if, if, a, if a legislator will listen uh, and continue to allow you to provide more com communication and feedback and, and set up more meetings, that is usually very helpful. Uh, now, sometimes, no. I mean, sometimes legislators are, are set uh, in, in our, for whatever reason, and they all come with a different uh, level of experience from their, own, from their own life, life experiences that bring them to many times to, to their own positions, but they also very much care about their, their constituency, right, or their, their constituents who elected them to represent them in, in Frankfurt as well. So it's a balance, but I think as much as anything is continuing to be that trusted resource uh, on on any particular issue and allow if they will continue to allow you to provide them with more communication many times that that is helpful on a, on a tough issue or I didn't know that or thank you for, for providing that that uh, study that I hadn't read uh, and did not know about um, I think in, you know in being that trusted trusted source if they will allow you to be uh, is, is very uh, important. Right. Well, I always remember the advice the first day we the first day we showed up there. They said, "Be polite, be in position, and be persistent." <coughs> as the as the top three pieces. Tell me a little bit about uh, what's kept you in the fight. I mean, I know that we you're a contract lobbyist, but we've had some pretty lean years at the project. Where uh, I don't want to let any of your your clients know, but you helped us out pro bono. But uh, tell me what it means to have a lobbyist who's got personal skin in the game for the area that you're working on. You know, I think it's 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 uh, it's it's my passion for the issue. It's the relationship that we've built uh, working together, Dr. Jones, and with the project, and and it's uh, it's about uh, 
you know, changing, uh, changing policy in Kentucky that's, that's become a national model. It's, it's something I'm very proud of the work that we, we've been able to do with our partners, with the State General Assembly. Uh, we've just been assisting them and, and state government, uh, give them all the credit. But I mean, some of the things that we've been able to do and work on and pass here are, are national models, are, are things that haven't been done in, in most of, of any state. And that's, that's exciting. I mean, that, that, that helps me uh, sleep at night. Uh, knowing some of the the great policy work that we've done, because wh- why are we why do we do it? I mean, it's it's to save lives, right? It's to help make sure there's less of those Ben Bairds that that did not get screened and 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 pass away way too early from colorectal cancer in Kentucky, but also nationally. And in many of our the great work we've done has been replicated in other states. And uh, uh, but no, you know, it's 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 about saving lives for me. It's about my passion for the issue and uh, the great relationship, you know, that we've developed Dr. Jones uh, in, in, in our friendship as well. Right. The zoom calls have definitely cut down on our hanging out at bars and discussing the next step uh, after a session so far. So, but we're looking forward to getting back into that. So listen, before we get too far down, let's talk about the bills we have before the Kentucky legislature this year. Uh, do you want to uh, walk us through? We've got two. First of all, we got two great bill sponsors, <clears throat> and Jason will be the first one to have, to tell you and has schooled me. One of the critical things as you're trying to get an issue moved through a legislature is choosing the correct bill sponsor, and that not only includes which party's in power, but also who is energetic and who's willing to take the issue and work with you on drafting it, work with you on gathering support, putting their own reputation on the line and moving the ball forward. And we've got just two Cracker Jacks this year. Let's talk a little bit about uh, House Bill 108 and Representative Prente uh, and what that's going to do and how we're going to affect positively the lives of Kentuckians uh, after this thing's hopefully passed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So House Bill 108 uh, is being sponsored by Representative Melinda. Melinda Gibbons Prenti, and she's a House member from Muhlenberg County, Kentucky, and she is serves on our state colorectal cancer screening t- um, committee uh, as the speaker in the House as representative, and has just been an amazing champion uh, for colorectal cancer prevention. And she has uh, has sponsored and is leading the effort of House Bill 108 this session that would codify an existing cancer coverage in Medicaid. But what it really does is clears up the confusion that's in the marketplace currently on what is covered if you have colorectal cancer for Medicaid. Is it different per a managed care organization or if you're a fee-for-service recipient? Uh, And and when we're trying to clear up that confusion with codifying this coverage into statute, so all, all providers will know, all patients hopefully will know, and we'll help let them know after we're successful in passing this legislation, that uh, if that yes, Medicaid is covering cancer risk genetic testing based on NCC and guidelines. Yes, Medicaid is going by American Cancer Society 45 uh, screening guidelines, and that they have to have the same uh, same test coverage uh, for all, uh, all all the guideline tests, approved tests have to be offered to all of their uh, eligibles. 
So uh, this 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 is very exciting. It, it's going to be really a sort of a, a capstone to the work that we've done in this space, and really uh, helps codify uh, what what Dr. Center out Ralph Alvarado has worked on since his first session in the General Assembly with some of the good work that he's done in this space. It, in many ways, it's codifying legislation and statutes that he's passed and making it, putting it in permanency for Medicaid moving forward. So very exciting. No new costs to the general general fund. Uh, this would be codifying the existing coverage, uh, but very much needed and very much uh, hoping that, that we'll see this bill hopefully next week come out of uh, Health and Welfare Committee in the House. Right. And, and for us, that's critical because administrations change. Managed Medicare organizations change. We've run in that to ourselves uh, with administrative changes here in the state. So <clears throat> if you have great language, you got to make sure that gets in and is codified. I think that's 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 quite critical. And, and this is, is really important. A third of the people in Kentucky are on Medicaid. You know, we have one of the highest uh, rates of poverty. And, and, and so this is critical to advance our colon cancer screening and prevention efforts. And the genetic testing portion, of course, is important because the new uh, multiomics technology will be coming. It's critical to patient care, patient diagnosis, to families, to making sure we can do prevention through uh, genetic cascade testing, as well as just regular risk assessment. And as Jason said, this, this took us two years to get the language right on, on this particular piece around the genetic testing. So uh, th that's going to be critical as well as the other piece. Walk us through uh, uh, Senate Bill 16, which is sponsored yeah. by Alvarado. And again, I want to give a shout out to the guys in the past who've helped us a lot with this, to Representative Tom Birch, who was one of the first guys who helped us with colon cancer legislation back in 2008. In fact, he was the principal sponsor for the KCCSP, as, as well as uh, Senator Denise Harper-Angel, who helped connect us and really get us motivated. Uh, the more you can be bipartisan on this, guys, the better it is because cancer doesn't have blue or red in its uh, fighting colors, right? So, you know, cancer is usually a bipartisan issue in states and in the national level. So uh, talk us a little bit about uh, Senate Bill 16. So Senate Bill 16 is uh, sponsored by Dr. Ralph Alvarado in the Senate, the chair of the Health and Welfare Committee, is uh, updating our colorectal cancer screening uh, statues that really haven't been updated since. Since, since 2008, since uh, Chairman Birch uh, carried that, that bill, that, that first session that, that created the statewide program. So it, it's, a, it's a, a very good bill. It's going to uh, update some of our statues and make it clear uh, how we can use the, the dollars to get, to get sent to the program. We're going to be adding the Department of Insurance and uh, Medicaid uh, to, the, to the committee, which they've served on in, in sort of an unofficial way, but we're officially adding the, those folk. And it's going to uh, make sure that Medicaid shares all their colorectal cancer data with the committee as the committee continues to be a great advisory role for, for Medicaid on colorectal cancer. And uh, also make sure that uh, our new license plate that we're coming out with soon on colorectal cancer prevention uh, will be, all the dollars from that license plate will go to the program and we're changing the name, which is exciting. I mean, we're, 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 it's going to be the Kentucky Colon Cancer Prevention and Screening Program. So we're adding prevention into the name, which, which we're so lucky and, and able to do with colorectal cancer and remove those polyps early. 
those screenings really help prevent cancer, right? We, you've taught me, Dr. Jones, that uh, there's very, very, very few cancers, if almost any, that you really can prevent cancer. Uh, I guess skin cancer would come to mind uh, the way you can with colorectal cancer. We really, in many, many ways, are able to, to, to prevent it. And as uh, uh, another one of our, our former state senators who, who was a dear friend, uh, uh, Senator Perry, is a previver. He, he's calls himself a previver because he was able to get those polyps taken out before it became cancer. So Senate Bill 16 is a great bill. Uh, Dr. Senator Alvarado has been a great champion uh, for us. And the first bill he ever passed, uh, we'll, we'll still talk about uh, in uh, 2015, was, uh, was our, our colorectal cancer uh, bill to help uh, update and uh, make stronger and close the the colon cancer uh, loophole or the bait and switch, like we like to call it, uh, to make sure that if you have a, a fit test or a Cologuard test, that the follow-up colonoscopy has to be treated uh, as a preventative screening colonoscopy. So uh, he's been a great supporter of ours. Representative Prenti has been amazing as well. And uh, as Dr. Jones said, uh, colorectal cancer fighting is nonpartisan. It's bipartisan. Uh, and, and we've been very lucky to have a lot of folk who have worked with us on both sides of the aisle. For sure. And we, we, one of our, one of our taglines is saves lives, saves money. So it depends if you're a fiscal hawk or you're a, a bleeding heart liberal, whatever it is, we've got it for you. And, you know, just the, the 400 people who have had their cases prevented uh, each year, that's not total, that's each year uh, at a conservative hundred thousand dollar a pop, per cancer prevented, that's 40 million bucks that didn't get spent in Kentucky on cancer treatment. And then another 250 people didn't die because their cancers were either caught early or were uh, uh, caught through in a more treatable piece. And so that, that, that would probably equal that in terms of numbers. So we are saving lives, we are saving resources. It's the pragmatic way that we wish all governmental uh, and healthcare work was, was pursued and followed. Uh, but but that's great stuff. That's great. Thank you for pushing those bills. And I think we're recognizing some of those folks that helped us early in our, our year. And I would include the prior governor, uh, Bashir, uh, Crit Llewellyn, the state auditor who really helped us. Rocky Atkins, who uh, is a leader in the House and uh, currently is an assistant uh, senior staff assistant. I don't want to get his name wrong to the current yes. governor Bashir. So there's lots of folks up there and so many people have cancer stories, right? That's the, that's the amazing piece. Well, you're, you're right, Dr. Jones. And I also think about Senator Tom Jensen, who's a colorectal cancer survivor from London and, and Senator Dan Syme, who's a colorectal cancer survivor sure. from, was in uh, Senate leadership. You're right. I mean, there's so many, uh, Senator Ed Worley, uh, Senator Johnny Ray Turner. I mean, we just, we uh, have a lot of friends. We have a lot of, of folk who are passionate and, and colorectal cancers touch their, their family and, uh, and cancers touch their family and want to, and want to help. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been a real uh, pleasure getting to know them in a personal way where they've been comfortable in sharing those family stories with us. For sure. That's 100%. Any, any other thoughts around this process of the cancer fight, uh, being a lobbyist, particularly and helping people as they try to think through getting an issue. Any other thoughts that you want to share with our listeners? I think one of the most important things, and I've already hit on this a little bit, but I just want to say it again, that for our volunteers, uh, for the folk who are passionate about these issues, you can really make a difference. And 
uh, you, you can you could start your own nonprofit like Dr. Jones did, or you but or you can just make a single phone call or an email or you know or set up a meeting. Uh, I know many of these legislators when they're back home they prefer to meet uh, at the local coffee shop or at the local restaurant. Meet, engage with your House or Senate members, and you can make a difference. Uh, I think uh, folk many times uh, don't don't realize that and don't. Uh, realize what impact their their voice can have, and and uh, through social media you can definitely amplify your voice as well. But I think that would be the the, the biggest thing I would share. You know, Dr. Jones is is asking folk to to take action and to to, to get active and and don't say oh they're not going to listen to me or oh they don't want to hear from me. Uh, you don't know that and uh, share sh- share your voice, share your your passion. Let that be seen and, and you can have, you can make a difference. Your voice will and can make a difference. Right. And, uh, you know, I, as a guy who did not grow up in this space at all, uh, many people who think government's non-functional at the state level, I'm, I always tell them, actually, it functions a lot. And uh, this is not only something you take care of when the session is going on. As you said, this is something you do year round in terms of prepping the space getting in front of your legislators. And again, whether it's cancer related or not, you do have a voice in a a state with four and a half million people in Kentucky. And your voice really, really does matter. So Jason, I'm gonna bring it back to you at the end. The the, uh, nation's leading governmental affairs person passing the most state-based legislative uh, laws, amendments, uh, uh, appropriations and regulations around colorectal cancer and advancing evidence-based work, what is the most successful key to a cancer fight from your standpoint? Working collaboratively, uh, work, you know, staying positive, uh, being persistent as you, I think you've hit on uh, and uh, being, being a, a trusted resource. Uh, I think are, are, are key things, you know, working those in those coalitions in that collaborative way uh, and being persistent will will many times uh, help you be successful uh, in that cancer fight. Uh, you know, sometimes you feel like you, you, you're not going to win because you're going against, uh, you know, the big tobacco companies or whoever that is. And and we have found ways uh, to be uh, successful. But I think it's because of that persistence, that collaboration, and that coalition building that we 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 have done. Um, that's been a, a lot of, to our secret our secret sauce, and and we've been able to be the 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 tip of the sword for colon rectal cancer prevention. And then we have all kinds of other groups that then, you know, are, are right on our wings and uh, working with us and behind us and beside us. And I think that's that's uh, been critical. You know, been critical to have an organization like the Colon Cancer Prevention Project to be the focus on these uh, colorectal cancer specific issues has been invaluable uh, to help us move this work forward. Well, I can't personally thank you enough uh, for the work that you've helped our organization move forward. Uh, We'll never know the folks who didn't get colon cancer and the folks who uh, didn't die from their cancers, but I can assure you uh, Kentucky's on the right trajectory, and uh, I want to thank you personally for all the work you've put in there, as well as taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to talk to us on the Cancer Fight podcast. Jason Baird, 
You are the man. <laughs> Dr. Jones, you're the man. And thank you for everything you've done uh, in helping prevent more colorectal cancer and all the time you have given to this fight. So thank you. Jason Baird with Limestone Consulting Group and Government Relations. Thanks for being a guest on Cancer Fight. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being with us today on Cancer Fight. Before you go, be sure to check out the podcast description for any resources mentioned in today's episode. And you can let us know your thoughts on this conversation by emailing info at kickingbutt.org. And last, for all the latest updates on the project's work, you can follow the Colon Cancer Prevention Project on all social media platforms or visit our website at colancancerpreventionproject.org. Till next time, fight on, Cancer Warriors.